0: Welcome to Grace again. If uh, you have maybe just walked in in the last handful of minutes here, thanks for being here with us. My name's Ryan. I'm one of the pastors here on staff and excited to be in this new series that we started just last weekend called Clean Slate. Obviously, there's the chalkboard. You're not at school. This isn't a terrible flashback. Uh, We're just diving into a big conversation about kind of how do we start over? Uh, How do we have a clean slate? especially going into a new year, I think all of us feel that need to make some changes, Uh, whether you're kind of a resolutions person or not. uh, If if you're someone who's, I'm sick of that, I'm sick of kind of thinking about life that way, or maybe you're all into your resolutions and you're hyper-focused on uh, the things that you want to change in your life and, and kind of do that every year. Either way, most of us, when we kind of roll into a new year, we feel the need to make some changes. And so we want to have a conversation around that. How do we clean the slate and kind of stop living off of the words that we used to live off of, write some new things down, and begin to live off of those? And so we, we said we're going to have some conversations over these next handful of weeks that are going to dive into questions like this, right? Who am I? How do I view God? Why am I on the planet like right what's my purpose is is there a mission that God has called me to something more than just kind of existing and watching TV and looking through social media and trying to grind out a job or a school day isn't there a little bit more to it than that is there something that God actually has built and designed me for and we want to look at some of the answers to those questions Uh, look at some of the answers maybe that we have written down on the board for ourselves and said, can we just kind of erase those? Can we start over? Can we have a fresh, new, clean slate? And can we kind of live off of that? So we dove into that first conversation uh, last weekend, really starting by looking at uh, what it means uh, to kind of look at God and how he views us and our view of him. And so we, we started with that topic, and if you missed that conversation, you can listen online if you want to kind of catch that podcast and hear the conversation of how we view God and how he views us. We said that that is going to be foundational, really, for every aspect of our life, and so catch that one if you missed it, and uh, I would say this, too. If you're someone maybe who has been a Christ follower for a long time, I think this conversation and this whole series is going to be deeply refreshing, uh, maybe encouraging, maybe eye-opening, If you're somebody who is maybe investigating your faith, you're not sure yet what you want to do with the whole God thing, the whole Jesus thing, uh, this is a perfect time to jump in and kind of explore that conversation, and uh, we're kind of thrilled that you're here. And I think you're going to find some answers to your questions that are maybe different than you expect, Uh, because the things sometimes that uh, the church has said about life and God and what it means to follow him aren't exactly the same as as what the Bible has said. So what we're going to do in this series is kind of go back to the Bible and listen to the things that God has said to us in his word. And I think you're going to find that they are going to bring an enormous amount of hope and encouragement and it's going to give us that sense of a clean slate as we dive into it. So here's the conversation we want to have today and kind of the question that we want to answer. We want to look at a conversation around identity today. Really answering the question, who am I? Right? Who am I? how am I to define myself, how am I to look at myself, uh, how do I think about, like if somebody said, hey, what do you, who are you, a lot of us would answer with, a, kind of answer back and say, well, well, I, I'm, I'm connected to this team, or I do this for a living, or I'm so-and-so's wife, or husband, or child, no, who are you, uh, I'm not sure, we might answer back with what we do, right? We, we, would, we would tend to think about a role or some kind of way that we're connected or maybe something that we've done with ourselves. But when we go down to that bedrock foundation level question, who am I, there, it's kind of hard to answer that thing. And we want to look at some answers that I think uh, most of us would tend to be drawn to. In our culture today, the primary way that we are uh, kind of defined in our culture and the way that we view ourselves is through success and accomplishments, right? If you have done something significant with yourself, then that then you matter in our culture, right? If you have succeeded, if you have uh, accumulated a lot of money, or if you have won a lot of trophies, or if you figure out how to start a company, or you've, you've done something that we can all look at and say, wow, they did something great, then Our culture, and different cultures are different, but our culture has weighted value to people that have been successful and who have achieved something. So many of us would kind of lean towards thinking of ourselves that way. We would think of ourselves as achievers, achievers. I want to be someone who achieves something. I want to produce something. I want to be somebody. I want to get some stuff done so that, And we wouldn't say it quite this way, so that I can actually like make a difference and be somebody who matters. So I can have some value. And while we never may we may never put the words to it that way, deep down, uh, most of us would think in terms of being an achiever. Uh, Some of us would add another word that we might throw on there. Uh, Here's one for you: I want to be a genius. A genius, and while probably not many of us would would claim that we would think, I mean, I'm a pretty smart person. I got a lot of potential. I, I think I got. I think I got great ideas. I, I see some other ideas that people have, and I think I have better ideas. I just need somebody to give me a shot, and I can make a difference, man. I'm, I'm a genius. Here's the next one, uh, winner, man. I want to be a winner, and. I I compete, and I'm a competitor, and I win, and I'm I'm anchored in on my goals. I make stuff happen. I'm an achiever. I'm a genius. I'm a winner. This is who I am. And I I would tell you, for me, for a good chunk of my life, whether I would use these words or not, this is exactly how I saw myself. And, And looking back on it now, it's kind of funny, but... But I would, in high school, I kind of came from a home that was broken. There's divorces that happened in my story, like from from my parents. And so I was kind of lost in trying to figure out, who am I? So I listened to the voice of my culture, and my culture said, hey, you need to get good grades, you need to be an athlete, you need to fit in with the right people, you need to win. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. I'm going to try to do that the best I can. So I started giving myself to the stuff that I thought would make me someone that would give me an identity, and I started to do that. And I started to do well in school, and I started to do well in athletics. And it wouldn't be until a piece of those things was taken away from me that I started to really ask myself the question, who am I? Who am I, right? So I was uh, in high school, a buddy asked me, I had never played sports, right? We didn't have an athletic family uh, at all, and so I didn't play sports until I was in middle school friend asked me to start running with him. Hey, will you go out for track? And I was like, sure, why not? I got nothing else to do. I'll go start running. I was terrible, like horrible, horrifyingly bad. I think I was last every single time. And and of course, this is like class. I decided, well, I'm going to get really good at this, right? And so I started just giving it everything I had, right? Throwing myself in. I'm going to train. I, I altered my diet to try to, make sure that I maxed out in running. What's really bad is I never got that good, right? Like I was never very good. But eventually I injured myself, hurt my knee. And when I hurt my knee and I couldn't compete anymore, eventually I was left with this big question mark, now what do I do? I don't, ha- I don't have anywhere to fit in. I'm not that guy that wins races as long as there's not too many people that are really good. How am I going to define myself now? And and most of us can connect to something like that. If if I don't fit in with the right group of people, if I don't have someone something to offer to someone, if I'm not the achiever or the genius or the winner in the room, then who am I? How do I connect? And and what's fascinating is there's a profound emptiness to living this way. Oh, there's a profound emptiness. Because what here's what happens. Uh, winning, there's nothing necessarily wrong with it. Achieving, there's nothing wrong with it. There's certainly nothing wrong with being kind of a smart person or or being uh, gifted that way. But when when I make a decision to make that who I am, when I make that my identity, what happens is I expect my achievements and my trophies or that promotion or that bonus or that breakthrough to give me something that it was never designed to give me. I'm looking for it to be and to give me an identity. The problem is this, it's absolutely exhausting. If you've ever lived anywhere close to this, you know that this is absolutely exhausting. When I live for the applause and the praise of others, when I live for that next breakthrough, the next trophy that that pops up, what happens is I get so fried out and there's always somebody who's just a little bit better. And so I have to fight and and work myself into this position where all of myself is being given to achieving and to winning and to trying to be the smartest person in the room. It's exhausting. It is completely debilitating. And here's the fascinating thing, is is it's the opposite in many ways when we think about achievement. It's the opposite of how our interaction with God actually works. Uh, LeBron James, I'm a big LeBron James fan, Uh, I think the guy has done some amazing stuff, and he said some amazing things. And in one of these quotes that he has said, uh, he said, Everything is earned, nothing is given. You guys heard that before? Raise your hand if you've heard that quote before. Okay, most of us have heard that quote before. I think that's a brilliant quote. In many areas of life, that's kind of true, right? You really have to work for stuff to make it happen. And when it comes to the gospel and how we get right with God, it's the exact opposite. When it comes to how we are, be, are made acceptable to God, it's the exact opposite. Here's the way I said it in your notes. When it comes to we're standing with God, uh, everything is given and nothing is earned. There is no possible way I could achieve or win or outsmart God into giving me peace with God. It's just not how it works. It's a completely different paradigm. I have to be given a right standing with God. Can't work my way into it. Can't be a good enough person. Can't go to church enough. Can't give enough. Can't serve enough. Can't smile at people enough. There's none of that. I actually have to receive it from God. Everything is given. Nothing is earned. Here's actually what Paul would say in regards to this in Ephesians 2. Uh, Verses 8 and 9, here's what he said. He says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So that no one can boast. It's by grace, and grace is the idea of, here's the concept, is that it's unmerited or undeserved favor. you, You don't deserve it. You can't earn it. You can't demand it. God just makes a decision to give it to you. It is by unmerited, undeserved favor that you have been saved, and that's through faith, through believing what God has said. It's not from yourselves. You didn't achieve it. You didn't win it. This is a gift. It's literally a gift. So what's fascinating about this is everything that our culture would tell us about becoming a person of, of significance and making a dent in the world and really mattering, right, achieving. to right, If you can make something happen and become a great person, then you really matter and then you have an identity. God will look at us and say, uh, actually, that, that's the exact opposite of what's happening here. I can make you someone that matters free of charge. Uh, it's, a, it's a gift, You can't earn it. You can't achieve it. There's a completely different way to operate. You need to know me. You need to believe in me. It's fascinating when we start to get our head around it. Here's another verse. Let me show you this one. Also in Ephesians uh, chapter one, he says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he's lavished on us. That he's lavished on us. That God has chosen to pour out abundantly on us. That same word grace, unmerited favor. He chose to just dump it out full throttle onto us. We needed forgiveness. We needed Jesus to come and live a perfect innocent life and die for us and then rise from the dead so we could believe in him so we could have forgiveness for our sins. See here's the thing. The assumption is the assumption is, is that I'm okay with God, I just need to achieve and produce and make myself right with him. God would say, no, it's actually the complete opposite. You're actually in debt with me. We're not okay. I want us to be okay. I want to have a relationship with you. But it's not something that you can earn, and it's not something you can win, and it's not something you can outthink yourself into. What you need to do is in humility come with me and I'll forgive you. I want to do that. I want to give you my grace. But you have to understand that who you are comes from a different set of words. It's a different set of words. No no longer are you going to define yourself as the winner or the genius or the achiever. Now what you're going to do is is you're going to define yourself this way. You're going to define yourself as forgiven. I am a person who was on the path to hell, and God, by his own choice, looked at me and said, I want to offer my son, put him in place of the path that you were on, and give you the forgiveness that he died to give you. You are forgiven. You are also redeemed. What you have done is actually able to be redeemed by me my guilt and my shame and my actions that i have taken can be redeemed and flipped on their head and become usable i'm also this i'm rescued i'm a person who has been saved the bible would say or rescued from my state of sinfulness this is huge this changes everything about how I view myself. I'm not somebody that God would be lucky to have on his team. I, if I'm being completely honest, in, in the beginning of my relationship with God, that's kind of how I thought about it. I was like, man, God is so lucky to have me. I mean, I'm smart and capable. Um, I'm bald. I wasn't bald then, but I had terrible hair. I knew it was coming. You know, I, I'm like... I Man, God is lucky to have me, and then it, it kind of, my eyes awaken to the truth of this more and more, and I realize I don't bring anything to the table. Not on my own, I don't have anything to offer God. I, I'm not a good person that, that God is just thrilled to have finally show up, and now we can do some stuff. God would look at me and say, Ryan, you were headed away from me, um, and by my grace, I'm including you into the family. And you can know me now, and we can have peace with one another. And I'm going to redeem the sinful decisions that you have walked in that you don't even fully understand yet. And listen, you, for the rest of your life, you're going to walk in awe of the fact that you are a rescued person. You're a rescued person. You're not headed to hell, you're not condemned. I'm not looking at you, God, the Father. I'm not looking at you and, and saying you're condemned now. I hate you or I'm, I'm disconnected. None of that. We talked about that last week. It's not how God views us. He views us with mercy. He views me with mercy. That blows my mind that I'm a rescued person. This is who I am. Now, let's flip the table, flip the coin a little bit. Some of us would lean towards this achiever, genius, winner mindset because we want to try to hear the message of our culture and lean into it and run with it. Some of us are wired that way. Others of us are going to be wired kind of the opposite way. Maybe we tried this and it didn't work. Uh, may- maybe we, we had some serious pain in our lives, but we would lean towards the other side of the board and, and we would view ourselves as a victim. Uh, somebody who has been hurt deeply in life, somebody who uh, lived as a child, and our coach or our parent or our teacher looked at us and they said, you know what? Uh, you're never going to amount to anything. Uh, you've been hurt. Uh, you've been left. No one wants you. And we look at ourselves and say, how, how am I ever going to put this back together? How am I going to walk in life, I am a victim. I've been somebody who has been hurt and the reality is that hurt is real. It's just not who we are. Other of us would say whether we realize it or not, we might live off of this. We we might think, you know what? I wanna live over here. I wanna accomplish some stuff over here, but man, I'm a loser. (laughs) I'm, I'm gonna mess it up. I just kinda believe that. I may not say it out loud. I may not admit it to anybody. But when push comes to shove, when I think about what I really want to do in life, and maybe even what God has designed me to do in life, I am, I am paralyzed by a belief that I can't do it. Because something about me is wrong. There's something wrong with me. I am, I am a loser. I am a victim. Here's the last one that I I find that comes with this: is I am worthless. I'm worthless. And often, as, as I mentioned, that somebody said these things to us. It, you don't matter. You're never going to matter to anything. So someone looked at us at some point in time and said, um, you know what, you're dumb. You're, you're an idiot. No, No one is going to follow you. You can't do that. Smart people do that. Great people do that. You can't you're nobody, you're worthless, you're a loser. And guys, listen, that those words, we, we might blow them off, we might not think about them, but they might be in second or third or fourth or tenth grade when that coach or that aunt or that grandparent looked at us and, and like a splinter in our heart, that word sticks. And it has been infected and it grows inside of us and we have believed it. And so I I must just not be able to fit in this culture anymore because this is who I am. Look at all the things that I've done to mess this up. Don't you know the decisions I've made? I knew about God, but then I went and blew it all up with all these bad choices. See, it's true. I'm a loser, I am worthless. Guys, this stuff is dismantling to us. It destroys us. And here's the thing I want you to know, is the Lord is heartbroken that we would lean into words like this. Heartbroken. Because this isn't the stuff that he says about us. I, I want you just to, to feel the reality of what God has said about you and I if we're followers of Jesus. I want you, as I read through these verses with you here the next handful of minutes, I want you to hear these as if God were saying them directly to you. Just like that person that said something negative directly to you was speaking. I want you to hear God the Father, with love, with mercy, with passion for your soul, say this to you. And if you're not a follower of Christ, I want you to know this can be true of you. Saying yes to Christ is being included into his family and all these things become true of us when we say, yes, I want in on that. I want to receive the forgiveness of my sins. I want to be a child of God. Okay, so hear, hear the verses like that. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? We, we could throw in there, should, shall failure, shall sin, sh- shall, being a, shall losing separate me from the love of Christ? What about abandonment? How about rejection? How about being the black sheep of my family? Will that do it? How about addiction? Nothing. Nothing will separate you from the love of Christ. He goes on and says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Hear me, that is you. You are more than a conqueror through Christ who loved you. I don't care what you've done, how you've failed, what you've blown up, what sinful decisions you've made. If you are a follower of Jesus today, This is the truth about you. You, you, This is the truth about you. You just haven't lived in it yet. Because you've been living off of the wrong words. Words that somebody else spoke and believed them had faith in those words rather than having faith in the words of Christ. I got to keep going because I need you to hear more of these. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. If you are a follower of Jesus today, you are new. You are new. Whatever you've done pre-Jesus is erased. It is forgiven. The slate is clean. And by the way, if you're looking at following Jesus, that's what's offered to you today to be new. To be made into something that you haven't been. So that when Jesus, when God looks at you, he looks at you through the lens of Christ and he sees newness. I'm not a loser, I'm not worthless, I'm new. I'm a new creation. The old's gone. All of that old stuff, where I came from and what I did and who I was and how I thought about myself, it's a race. I'm new now. Hear this one. Ephesians 1, three. praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. It has already happened. He has blessed us. The transfer has been made. Now today in Christ, if you said yes to Jesus, You have all of these blessings that were given to Christ, they're now available to you and to me. That's enormous. That's incredible. There's no material thing that could possibly compare to that. So, in Christ, you are all children of God through faith. Who am I? Am I a victim? Am I a loser? Am I worthless? Am I someone that can't quite get up from where I've been and from what I've done, from the hurt and the pain that I've had? No. Am I somebody that will never amount to anything and will be worthless? No. Here's what the scriptures are going to say in essence, this I am new, I am blessed. I am not cursed. I am not under condemnation. God does not view me that way. He wants to give me his blessing. Here's the next one. Ready? We are children of God. We are the children of God. This is massive. This is massive because if we can actually clean the slate if I can say goodbye to my victimhood and and goodbye to the, the words that are lodged into my heart the splinters in my heart and mind and see that there are new words to live off of oh man what is possible in my life sky's the limit man because here's the thing, you and I, we, we are not our IQ and we are not our zip code and we are not our net worth or lack of net worth. We, we are not what someone has said about us or what someone has done to us. We are not our GPA. We're not our followers or our likes or our shares or our loves. None of that's true. That's not who you are. You're not your trophies. You're not your ACT score. You're none of that. You're not what you've achieved and you're not what you've failed. You're not the pain that you've gone through. That's not what defines us. This is who we are. We are forgiven and redeemed and rescued and new and blessed, and we are the children of God. Hear me. I need you to know this. We are not defined by what we have to offer. We are defined by the one who has offered himself for us. Did you hear that? We are not defined by what we have to offer. We're defined by the one who's offered himself for us. It's Christ who defines us. Put it in your notes here if you want to write it down. It's Christ who defines us. It's because of him that I can have forgiveness and redemption. I can be rescued from hell and sin and death. He's the one that makes me new. It's in him I have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. He's the one that connects me to the family of God. I hope, as I'm saying this out loud, you can hear it for yourself. Because I'm a human being and because I've walked down this road and I've thought about myself as I've walked into a room, I remember walking into seventh grade as I switched schools midway into seventh grade. Never forget this. Terrible time to switch schools, by the way. It was October, I remember walking into the lunchroom As everybody's in their cliques. And I'm the new kid. And as I walked into that room, you know, I knew in my head that all those kids had thoughts and opinions about me and I thought they were looking at me and making fun of me. And I viewed myself as a loser and a victim and as someone who's worthless. And and there's no way that that those kids would accept me I know as human beings, we walk in deep insecurity. We feel this stuff. When, when we're on this side of the board and we think we're achiever and we have life by the tail, we inflate with pride and we think, man, if everybody could just be like me, then they'd be okay. I've been there. We're on this side of the board. We, we think, how am I ever going to fit in in this life and do I have anything to offer and could I possibly have any value? And if you're anything like me, you toggle back and forth between those two. If I'm honest, I do too. And the only thing that I've found that's been helpful is to try to erase these words and to live in new words. Because these words are unchangeable. And they were spoken by someone that is more than a human. Some, someone that will never fail and never change and is always consistent and true and who loves me say, so Ryan, what, what do we do with all this? man? How do we begin to move forward in it? Boy, I, I get fired up about this conversation because I believe that there are very few things on the planet that can unleash the human potential more than when we know who we are. Uh, God wants you to know who you are. I want you to know who you are. How do we begin to do that? Here's where I think we start. Just like last week, we, we, we got to work at erasing the false. And first, what I got to do is recognize it. If I'm living over here or if I'm living over here, I want to start to recognize that I think I'm believing the lie that my culture is telling me on either side of it. I believe I'm nothing or I believe I'm something because of how I fit into my culture. I want to erase that. I want to get rid of that. But the reality is, at least in my life, probably in yours too, even though I've erased it, it's still kind of there. I still can see it. And it still lingers in me. I'm tempted to be drawn back to it over and over again. So I replace it with the truth. I write down the words and I get into my heart and mind the truth of what God has said about me And I start to focus on that and stare at that more and more. But as this still exists, I want to start to retrace the truth of God's word over and over and over in my heart when I'm tempted to believe that I am a victim. I want to remember, no, I'm new. No, I'm not a loser. I'm blessed. That's not true. I'm, I'm actually a child of God. And I want to start to, over and over again, retrace the words of God over... I'm breaking stuff. I want to retrace the words of God over the lies that have been spoken in my life. I want to clean the slate. And for me, this is a lifetime journey, but here's the good news. The more I do this, the more I erase the false replace the true and retrace the truth until it becomes all I see, the more and more freedom I get. The more I get to live what God has called me to live. I get to walk in the identity that God has died literally to give me, sent his son in my place so that I could have this. Because this is so much more than just going to church. I want you to hear that. There's so much more than being a part of a club and being a good person and doing the right thing. This is radical, life-altering stuff. This is worth our time and our attention and our focus. This is worth thinking differently and trying new and cleaning the slate and seeing life from a new lens. Man, if we can do that, I literally would say the potential is unlimited. To The impact that we can have on the world and the joy we can experience in this life I think it starts here, right here on this board. Erasing the lie, replacing it with truth, and retracing it till it's all I see. That's what we want to work on this week, getting God's word into my heart and my mind. It starts my interaction with him. So I'm going to have the band come out, and I uh, want to give us a little bit of room just to think and to pray. And don't be distracted by them as they come out, but I want us to begin to think about and ask God to show us what false have I been living off of? What, what's lodged in there that I don't even see and don't even know? And God, what, what, could, what do you want to set me free from? How do you want to clean the slate? How do I begin to see about me what you see about me? Would you pray with me? Bow your heads and close your eyes. Dig into this together. Father, we are blown away. Blown away by the fact that you would make a conscious decision to choose us. In our sinfulness and our failure and our pride and our ego, you still come after us and you pursue us. And Lord, you offer us an identity that is beyond anything that really has anything to do with us. It's all your gift. So Lord, would you open the eyes of our hearts today? Help us to see and to hate the lies and the false that we've locked into. And would you set us free, Lord, like the truth always does, to believe your voice, to put faith in your words, that if we know you, we are the children of God, forgiven and redeemed. New. Lord, speak to our hearts.